Welcome. You're listening to But Seriously, What is Engineering? with me, Katiki Gupta. This is a podcast series from the University of Queensland that explores all corners of engineering. Passion, hard work and resilience are the values we live by when one's biggest inspiration and role model is their own mum. Today we hear from a mother-daughter duo, Joanne and Darcy. Welcome to you both. Hi, Katiki. So I'm going to rewind back in time 26 years, or a little bit more than 26 years actually, Joe. I'd like to hear from you about your inspiration into studying a career in engineering. I guess I came from a family where you know, no one had been to university and so I was really aware of choosing a career that offered stable and flexible employment. So I didn't necessarily want to just work in the city. I didn't want to have to work in the country either. I wanted to be able to make some choices. There were plenty of jobs advertised in engineering and in particular in the mining industry. And so I thought that seemed like a pretty good bet. Now you've inspired your own daughter to be an engineer. So Darcy, I'd like to hear from you. Um, You mentioned in one of our previous conversations that... You never really liked maths or science at high school. How did you choose to study engineering? Being in a family where you have an engineer, I think that's really a good thing Like when it comes to choosing engineering. Like almost all, all of my girlfriends who study engineering and even you know, almost anyone I know who studies engineering has known someone or has a family member who's an engineer. So because I don't think you really know what it is unless, you know, you have someone who you know who does it. And, you know, growing up, mum being an engineer enabled us to just have the most amazing childhood, you know, and we got to live in Vancouver for four years and we got to travel all over the place. We went to Mongolia. It was just like the coolest thing. And so, you know, when it came to deciding what I wanted to do, I knew that I wanted to have, you know, opportunities to travel and that sort of thing. Mum always talked about how, you know, through her career, she knew that being in demand is a good thing. You know, you get treated well. So I knew I kind of wanted a career like that. And then through her involvement with women in engineering, I just thought, well, I'll just go to the events to keep my options open. I wasn't necessarily considering it. And I liked the idea of being creative, and so I considered architecture, but, you know, after some work experience, I discovered that it's not that in demand. You know, I liked seeing mum, she talked about how going on site, it just seemed like the coolest thing to be able to, you know, go on site and be involved in it that way. And it didn't seem like there was a lot of opportunity within architecture to do that. One of the women engineering events we went to, they talked about how engineering was actually creative and it wasn't something I'd considered before. And I think all of these things sort of combined was why I decided, you know, engineering was for me. Fantastic, Darcy. That's great. I mean, you had a role model. You you saw it through what engineering was like and what traveling with engineering is like. So you had a great role model. Joe. you mentioned that no one in your family went to university. So there were I guess, no engineers in the family. What sort of research did you do into your career in engineering and how did you have a conversation with your parents to, I guess, convince them that you wanted to study engineering? I thought I'd do research science, actually, because I quite liked... I didn't love maths, but I quite enjoyed physics and the sciences. And so I went and did some work experience as a, re- as a scientist and I decided that that style of work wasn't necessarily... Ne- for me. And years later, I I can 
talk about that a bit more fluidly, I think, because, you know, scientists seem to me to be answering questions, whereas engineers are more about solving problems. And I think that really appealed to my approach. So for me, I moved on from science and thought, well, these jobs that are advertised, their descriptions sound like something I would like to do. So it was really through looking at advertisements for roles that made me think about this as a career and where they're located and things like that. And it wasn't until I started university and getting a work experience that I truly understood what engineering was, but there were certain characteristics that I could see available to me that made it more appealing to me. You have two lovely girls and you've worked a reverse fly-in, fly-out arrangement most of your life. Firstly, explain to us what a reverse fly-in, fly-out is. And I'd also like to hear... How did you manage that whilst raising a family? When I first started my career, I did actually have a fly and fly out role where I was based in Brisbane and working all over Queensland, the Northern Territory, down to Tasmania. And then I met my to-be husband and thought I'd like to actually spend more time with him. And so we moved to a small rural town and we lived there for a number of years and had our family there. And then it was time to change our roles again. And I started doing some work based out of Brisbane on mines all around the world. And you have to travel for that. So uh, so there was a fair bit of travel in that role. And then when I started working for the Oyu Tolgoi mine in Mongolia, uh, I was required, required to regularly go to site. And that is why I I call it a reverse FIFO because I would go to site, say, 10 days every two months, uh, sometimes a bit longer in, in between visits and two months, depending on the role I was playing there. It's regular travel to the same place, but more time at home than away is how I'd describe that. Now, and how did I manage that? I guess, I, you know, I don't know that I would have had a family if I hadn't have met a partner who was prepared to pay, play an equal role in parenting. And so, you know, Darcy's dad is a very active father and we have always shared our responsibilities. In fact, he took uh, a six months parental leave uh, when Darcy was born and I went back to work. So that enabled me to, to go back. And that was just after the laws had changed. So I guess as as families go, we were probably unusual at the time, but now not so much. I think, you know, dads want to play a more active role, so it's not as unusual as it once was. But he's always been super supportive of me in my career, and I very much appreciate that. Uh, And it's enabled me to continue working throughout the girls' lives and for us both to parent them. And I think their lives have been richer for having their father very much involved all the way through. Having your dad's involvement and also seeing a mum who is working so hard um, uh, and travelling and working and still raising a family has must be just an eye like it must be such a phenomenal experience for you, Darcy. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like so, Darcy, you are in your third year of civil environmental mm-hmm. engineering, and mum's a mining engineer. Tell us how you decided to study the civil and environmental stream. You know, I already mentioned architecture. I, For some reason, I have some sort of fascination, I guess, with buildings. And, you know, like I remember we went to San Francisco on a holiday and I just thought it was my favourite place we'd ever been because I just thought the buildings were just awesome. So I think I like the idea of it working with infrastructure. But then, you know, the environmental side comes in because I 
you know, am quite passionate about the environment and sustainability and all engineering, you know, is in, sustainability is important for all engineering. But, you know, I decided that through civil and environmental, I'd be able to potentially really make an impact on the environment, a positive impact and help, you know, with stuff like climate change and population growth and all that sort of stuff. And have you done any work experience yet? Yeah, so I just spent the past summer, I spent three months um, working as a vacation student, mining engineering um, in central Queensland uh, at a coal mine with Tease. It was an amazing experience. So you're in your third year of civil environmental engineering, but you did your work experience in a mining engineering company. Mm -hmm. How does that work? Yeah, so I went to one of the careers fairs here at uni Overwhelmingly, there's a lot of mining companies at these careers fairs. So I um, talked to one of the ladies who was there representing Tees and I said, you know, I'm second year and I'm really keen to get some vacation work this summer. And she said, I said, but I'm civil. And she's like, you know, we want civil engineers. There's not enough mining engineers out there. Apply. And, you know, I got the job and I did some training here in Brisbane and then, you know, drove up to central Queensland, like six hour drive by myself. And I lived in the camp there and it was just like, you know, I have no idea what to expect. And it was out of my comfort zone, but it's, you know, was the most amazing experience. Yeah. And it is when you get out of your comfort zone, Mm -hmm. you have those eye-opening experiences, isn't it? So Joe. As a parent, were you ever worried for Darcy being on site and being away from from you? Yes, absolutely. I think it's just so natural as a parent to want to protect your children. I mean, even though they're of voting age, you know, and uh, you really need to be thinking about uh, letting them free. I definitely had some reservations, but I also knew there was such a positive opportunity as well that that Darcy could be taking. So I think what helped me was to think about uh, how things had changed since I was in that position because I had worked up in the Bowen Basin as a student as well and I'd worked up near uh, Mount Isa and I'd worked up near Biggenden. I'd done a number of vacation uh, experiences. It was much more common when I was going through university to work every summer. And uh, and so I'd worked in a number of places and so I, I knew what Darcy might be might be facing however uh, you know Tees had supported a number of women in mining and resources Queensland functions that I'd attended and so I knew that they did have a good focus on supporting women in the workplace I'd mentored young women working for them as well at site in the Wimark mentoring program so I also knew that they were keen to support women who had started work for them and in addition Darcy did training before she left the supervisor uh, called her and talked to her about all sorts of things before she left you know safety on the way up when when she should drive to be safe, when she should get to camp. And so it gave me a real confidence that they were going to look after her and support her in the workplace. And so that really helped to ease my mind about what was going to happen. And I think these days, it's so easy to stay in touch. You can just, you know, we would talk to Darcy two or three times a day at the first, at the beginning, and, you know, she would feel a lot more comfortable, I think, having those supportive words from home. Um, and, and then she made her own connections, you know, and I think you ended up having a great summer, didn't you? Mm, definitely. Were you there, Darcy, for the whole of three months or were you sort of flying in and flying out or driving back and forth? Um, I decided we'd 
booked a holiday to Melbourne the week before Christmas for Caitlin's, my younger sister's, um, as a birthday present. We went and saw Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. So mm-hmm. I was not entirely sure if I'd be in the position to be able to take Christmas week and that week before to go away, but they were really easygoing and understanding about it. So I decided to take those two weeks and I drove home and then drove back after Christmas and was up there for New Year's. And then I came and flew home Australia Day long weekend as well. And Joe, you mentioned that having that support and I guess those phone calls from Darcy's supervisor put your mind at ease about Darcy being on site. Rewinding back when you were a student and you did all this site work in remote areas, how did your parents feel about that at that time? Yeah, I think they were a bit worried at the time, but... I guess my parents were quite supportive of being independent and they tried to raise three independent children, you know, and and so I don't think they ever encouraged me actively not to do anything. And as a result, I guess I was starting into my career and just really keen to get experience and understand where I'd like to work. And I think that's one of the fantastic things about the opportunity to do summer work is that you can try a few different things and you know Darcy's tried mining engineering she may be able to get a civil engineering role next and then at the end of her degree you know she can decide what she would like to do and it doesn't have to be a permanent choice I think that's one of the fantastic things about engineering it is so flexible you know so Darcy could go and work as a mining engineer for a couple of years but then decide well maybe this isn't for me in the long term I'd like to go and work on some road construction or or building construction, she would be able to transition into some of those other alternative roles or add education, you know, and become a geotechnical engineer. Mm-hmm. So there, there are plenty of opportunities to uh, alter your path from within once you have that solid foundation of an engineering degree. Engineering gives you those foundational skills mm-hmm. to be a uh, not just a technical engineer, but you could even take a non-technical pathway and um, work as a um, in sort of business systems or business support. And and Joe, you have now twenty six years of experience in the industry. You've led many teams and managed many projects. I believe. Tell us a little bit about. What sort of pathways have you taken in the engineering industry? Even within mining engineering, there's different pathways. And so when I first started out, I wanted to really do at the face kind of work, work underground. And so I joined a small company because I quite enjoyed working for a small company. So I joined an underground contracting company and I used to do, you know, tender bids and then, you know, go to site and then work at site, get my underground time up. You know, as, an, as a mining engineer, uh, one of our postgraduate qualifications that's highly valued is a, a first class certificate of competency to manage a mine. And so a lot of us are very focused on getting the right practical experience to support that and and allow us to sit the exams to get that. And so I was very focused uh, on that front. And then I worked at a mine, another mine, for about 10 years in uh, rural New South Wales. And there I did a lot of production work, you know, working underground. I had an underground office for a number of years and then I worked in a technical services role. And the technical services role was a bit more family-friendly 
friendly because I didn't need to start work at six or seven in the morning. I could drop children at daycare. So I went down that technical services route and I ended up in a central technical services role for uh, Rio Tinto for a number of years. And again, that was a bit more flexible being in the city. I could have the the, um, children in any school of choice and didn't need to move them around. Then I went and worked on a specific project and did feasibility studies. Uh, and now I'm in a more corporate role working for Turquoise Hill uh, Resources, again on the mine in Mongolia, Oyatolgoi, and we're the company that owns the mine. Uh, and Rio Tinto is our project manager. And so I have a role that involves a lot of press release writing and I'm making sure adhering to the rules and regulations of the stock exchanges, uh, as well as I sit on a number of technical committees uh, where we make important decisions about the technical direction of the mine. So it's quite a diverse job and probably quite a fair, you know, it's a fair way from where I started, but it's a really intellectually interesting job. And I guess I think that's, again, something that engineering gives you is you can always have a job that is mentally stimulating. And, you know, I feel pretty fortunate to have always had that throughout my career. You have had such a diverse career, Joe. Within the engineering field, you have done so many things and so many different things. You know, like right now you mentioned you're writing press releases and that's and just another skill that you've acquired on, with on-the-job learning. Darcy, I'm keen to hear from you or what's the best piece of advice that you've got from your mum? The best sort of advice or, you know, way to you know live your life that I've seen through what mum's done in her life has been to you know whatever it is that you do you try your best and you you know you work hard and you will succeed and you know the relationships around you are really important as well and I think that's been you know a really good thing for me like in high school and you know knowing that it wasn't about grades and it wasn't about picking engineering because mum did it it was about trying my best and the people around me and through that I've found a passion I think for engineering which is yeah trying hard being resilient Mm. and really following your passion yeah definitely and of course you've had such a fantastic support system around you so that's definitely an added bonus isn't it yeah it's so like support system is one of those things I've seen like I've had friends in a, a female friend of mine who's dropped out of engineering now and I think that support system she didn't have that and I think I'm so lucky for that because it's helped me a lot it's not an easy route to take it's worth it it helps yeah. a lot Joe and Darcy both of you are so passionate about being involved in gender equity programs you have a passion to see other women succeed and help them grow Joe, you've been an active member of the UQ Women in Engineering program and Darcy, you were a student leader for the program. Tell us a little bit about what drives your passion into this program. When I first went to university, I don't know that I really thought about how many men or women might be in the class when I first went to my lectures, but I was quite surprised that there was only... 15% or something in first year and 
10% uh, graduated. However, uh, there were 10% every year, the you know, through my university time, and it seemed to be getting a bit better. And so I think for the first maybe 10 years of my career, I was seeing young women come out and join the industry at a fairly consistent rate. But then when I turned around sort of 10 to 15 years into my career, I realised it was too slow. We just hadn't reached enough mass to penetrate uh, the workplace enough to change it so that it was gender friendly, not just for women, but for men as well, for men to be able to take on care responsibilities should they desire it as well. So I decided I needed to get involved. And at first I got involved with the Women in Engineering and Resources Queensland, the Women Art Group, uh, which was about creating networking opportunities for women, which was uh, about, you know, people like yourself and I getting together and talking about our issues and helping each other to resolve them. But then I realised that when I started to have my own children go through high school, I realised that equal numbers of young women and men we're studying and succeeding in maths and science, but we're just not converting enough women into STEM careers. And so I decided I needed to get involved in trying to promote those careers. And, you know, in some ways it's about the simple things like you're at a family barbecue, you're talking to parents, you're talking to their children about, well, why wouldn't you consider engineering? It's a great career. And those things can be quite meaningful if we're all doing them trying to convert more of those young women into engineering careers. It's not about a takeover. It's about creating a more balanced workplace. The workplaces I've worked in and the work workplaces where there was a focus on getting more women into the workplace have been the most productive and the safest workplaces that I've worked in. And I think it's a lot like uh, a lot of other areas in society. It's about having a balance and having a contribution from all sectors of society and so that's really why I'm keen on trying to get more women into engineering. And I think it's a great career. You know, why don't we want great careers for our daughters? You know, there's no barriers. We should be able to, you know, get get them in and uh, they should be able to have just as rewarding career as all the young men. I agree. Like the, you know, my math C class was 50% females, you know, it was a big math C class. And one other girl went into engineering. You know, I remember our maths teachers standing up the front and going, oh, there's some women in engineering event on, I don't know, take a flyer if you want. You know, he had 15 girls who were totally capable of doing engineering that he could have he could have really had a role in helping them to find that career path. But I just think the women in engineering program is so important to the, you know, having helping influence those girls. And like I said before about how, you know, if you don't have, if you don't know what engineering is and if you don't have those role models, and I know I was so lucky to have, you know, mum and her female friends and seeing that was important for me to pick engineering. And I want to be involved in, you know, helping that for females and, you know, young girls who don't have those role models and don't know what engineering is and don't realise that they're capable because, you know, it's important to be told that you can do it. I think one of my friends, I asked her, why did she pick engineering? And she said, I don't know, I think a teacher told me that I can do it. And so she picked it. Well, we've reached the end of the episode, but before we go, we're going to get to know you a little bit better. So are you ready for some fast facts? No. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Everyone says that. <laughs> but you just got to be ready. Okay. 
What's one thing that listeners wouldn't know about you? I know Morse code and I have a ham radio licence. Wow. That I haven't used for like yeah. 25 years. <laughs> <laughs> but you've got the licence. I do, I do. <laughs> important thing. Um, I am a singer and I um, busked for like, that was my first job. I did it for like five years. I love music and I truly wanted to be Taylor Swift when I was like 13 years old and I, yeah, I love performing. Wow. And do you play an instrument? Yeah, yeah. Um, what do you guitar, play? piano, ukulele. I was in the band and played clarinet as well. Oh, so. wow. Yeah. So much talent there. <laughs> Favourite cuisine. Yeah, that's right. We <laughs> we love, well, we're fortunate. We really put a bit of emphasis in uh, cooking uh, in our household. I think I like um, Asian or, you know, the fusion Australian Asian the best, you know, d- dishes with like, you know, um, Thai beef salad, those kinds of, uh, those kinds of cuisines. I, I really love them. But uh, there's probably not too much good food I don't enjoy. So. Yeah. <laughs> probably Indian. India? I love curry. Mm, <laughs> yum. And can you handle hot curries? I'm trying. Because I yeah. love it so much, I push myself. Yeah. <laughs> Lovely. And last one, what's the best piece of advice you've ever been given? I think that it might be – I think um, I was once told a good leader – or perhaps mentor helps others see more in themselves uh, than they can see in themselves, and, and can help and can help tell them that. And I think, you know, I think that's one of the nice things about um, as you your career progresses and you can start to uh, help others, is that you can help them to see the positive things uh, about themselves, or you can help to provide them with the ideas of what their next career step could be you know and the the things I couldn't have done for myself at that age but I know I can do that now with having seen the way other people's careers have progressed and my own. Probably it's not a one-liner but like I guess again kind of what mum and dad have taught me is like hard work and resilience and good relationships will get you far in life. I think it's been so important for me so far. So Thank you, Joe and Darcy, for joining us today. It was great to have you both. Thank oh, you so much. Oh, it's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure to come and see you again. If you're enjoying this podcast, make sure you like and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. And don't forget to leave a review. It'll help others to find the series. My name is Katiki Gupta.